Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com, where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your Your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. All right, today is Monday, October 7th, 2019, and on today's O Show, we recap the atrocity, the absolute atrocity that was WWE Hell in a Cell last night in Sacramento, California. What in the hell was that? I don't think one fan, a fan of professional wrestling, that is, can back up what WWE pulled last night at Hell in a Cell. I mean, come on. A DQ inside Hell in a Cell? It's supposed to be the most demonic match in the company. Seth Rollins commits a demonic move and the referee's stomach turns? Oh my god, like what a schlup. I mean, they they even had X-Pac on the watch-along, and he, even he went off script to tell WWE that they screwed up, to tell them his displeasure. So let's get into it. Uh, we'll break down the main event that sent fans home pissed, the entire match card uh, that was thrown together basically on Sunday afternoon. I think there were like four or five matches that were thrown together at the last second. Charlotte Flair's a 10-time champion. Disgusting. Daniel Bryan completes his face turn, hugs it out with Roman Reigns, and more on this edition of The O Show, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Go check out the latest content on Belly Up Sports at bellyupsports.com. And remember to go check out the shop as well. We've got a great selection of new t-shirts, including a Gardner Minshew t-shirt that's pretty sick, the Yankees effing savages tee, gear up for the postseason, game three tonight, uh, free, Pete Alon- or free Pete Rose t-shirt. I think Pete Alonzo is pretty free as it is with the Mets. Free Pete Rose tee available, a bunch of NASCAR tees to select from as well. So make sure to go visit the Belly Up Shop Sport or the Belly Up Sports Shop, can't get it together Monday morning, at designtree.com, or you can just go to bellyupsports.com and click the shop link, and it'll take you right there. So the O Show is also presented by TickPick, the number one ticket marketplace that gives no hidden fees, which is clutch this time of year for postseason baseball. Donnie Finkel and I will be back tonight for our recap of ALDS Game 3 between the New York Yankees and the Minnesota Twins from Minnesota. But before all that, we're reviewing Hell in a Cell. You ready? Let's go.
Okay, so I think it's only fitting to kick off this Hell in a Cell review episode with the match that everyone's been talking about. Well, everybody's been complaining about over the past 15 hours or so. The main event, Hell in a Cell match between the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Everything, every moment, every move, and ultimately the finish of the match all sucked. They honestly couldn't have been booked worse. I mean, technically, they could have buried The Fiend by having Rollins go over clean, but this is second to worse. This has pretty much made everyone involved in the match look bad. It made Rollins look like shit because now the curb stomp isn't as deadly of a move that people thought it was. I mean, Wyatt kicked out of 11 what was it, 11 curb stomps overall? He kicked out at one after like six stomps towards the end of the match, which in hindsight makes Wyatt look strong, I guess. But now you basically back yourself into a corner with The Fiend because of that. The guy can't lose a singles match for like three years now because he basically showed that he can withstand any opponent, anything an opponent throws at him from now on. I think they said Rollins ended up hitting him with 11 total stomps, if that's correct, 11 or 12, on top of a pedigree, on top of multiple chair shots to Wyatt's face, a ladder shot, a freaking toolbox, and then a sledgehammer that calls for the bell, which was total BS in the end. This feud, in my opinion, was haunted from the start because of the fact that they put Rollins and Wyatt inside the cell for their first match. The concept of the Hell in a Cell match is to not only have two opponents destroy each other, but to also end a long-lasting feud, which WWE failed to realize here, having Wyatt in his first mega match back after a year off, uh, he faced Balor at SummerSlam. That wasn't a huge match. Everybody knew what the outcome was going to be there. But having Wyatt in his first big match back after a year off inside the cell would have only worked if he was the one who destroyed Rollins' face with a toolbox, a ladder, and a steel chair. If Rollins was carted out on the stretcher, it would have been booked right. Because then you could say Rollins got the shit kicked out of him, still universal champion, that way Wyatt's free to do whatever else. But no, they had to make The Fiend look like a total pushover at the end. I mean, ultimately, he would get up and destroy Rollins with the Manimal Claw again, but that was after the match was called off. I don't know how WWE moves forward with this. Uh, is Wyatt going to win the universal championship down the road? He doesn't need to. He's the number one thing in the business, with or without it. And honestly, without the Universal title, he's more free to doing anything he wants, like I just mentioned, given he'd eventually have to lose the title sometime down the road within the next six months to a year. And given what happened last night, WWE would lose their entire fan base if Wyatt lost a match anytime in the next six months to a year. I mean, they had the guy kick out of 11 curb stomps and a pedigree at one. He kicked out at one. Oh my God. But anyway, regardless of what Vince thinks of the match, it ultimately matters what the fans think. And uh, there's they're the ones that make your business go around. And they made sure to let Vince and the company know that they didn't really like the finish. I, I'd say they hated the finish. AEW chance, restart the match chance, which I honestly thought that was going to be the course of action. There were this is bullshit chance. I mean, it's not really exactly preferably what you want going into this war with all elite wrestling they've been nothing but great since jumping on the scene in may at double or nothing with john moxley's debut jericho is the best he's ever been at age 48 cody rhodes is unstoppable and wwe has been nothing but a great disaster since 2017 so it's time to step up or step aside as john cena would always say from this nonsense because they're not the premier wrestling promotion anymore they're they're the most popular, but they're not the best. Fans sitting in your arena last night in Sacramento, 
for your pay-per-view last night at Hell in a Cell were chanting for your enemy's promotion after the show was over. You have any idea how bad that is? The one show that is expected to be the good show in the next coming months is Friday Night SmackDown, and it's only because Fox is running the show, not WWE. WWE has ran Raw as well as their other storylines and pay-per-views into the dirt, and AEW Dynamite is beating out your other premier show in NXT, the one show that gets booked correctly, and it's by Triple H, not Vince McMahon. So X-Pac asked why Hell in a Cell, why there was uh, a DQ inside the Hell in a Cell. It's because WWE booked themselves into a corner with both of their two top talents and Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. Rollins has become, I'd say, the poster child for the company in 2019, while Wyatt has arguably become the hottest thing in professional wrestling over the past few months as the biggest heel in the game. The match was doomed, and WWE needed to make both men look strong. However, they did the exact opposite. They made them both look like absolute idiots because now Seth Rollins' finisher arsenal with the curb stomp and the pedigree look insanely weak while The Fiend looks defeatable after getting the, again, crap kicked out of him by Seth Rollins inside the cell. So I'm curious to see what WWE decides to do in the coming weeks because now they have a decision on their hands with Bray Wyatt because the WWE draft is taking place this Friday on SmackDown and then the following Monday on Raw. I think it's next Monday, not this Monday. So this Friday night on SmackDown October 11th, and then Monday Night Raw October 14th are the official draft dates where they're going to separate the brands Raw and SmackDown. And if WWE decides to move Wyatt to SmackDown, where I think Fox wants him to be, then the feud with Rollins was utterly worthless. Or they can keep him on Raw and have him beat Rollins for the title where he'd eventually have to lose it because there's no way Wyatt can be champion for three years. Because that's what WWE did last night. They made The Fiend look so just immune to pain that he can kick out of anything. He kicked out of 11 curb stomps for shit's sake. He can't lose a single match for years now. So it'll be interesting because WWE can ill afford to screw this storyline with Bray up. Not now. Not when AEW is breathing down their necks. So let's move on to other matches on the card. Again, the card was kind of thrown together late. I think four or five matches were added on Sunday morning, uh, including Randy Orton versus Ali. Charlotte Flair versus Bailey, which turned out to be a huge match on the card. The OC versus Strowman and the Viking Raiders. We saw another Hell in a Cell match between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. That was also booked poor, but we'll get into that in a minute. So this show basically revolved around two cell matches with everything else being thrown together at the last moment. They gave fans a last minute twist with Charlotte Flair winning the SmackDown women's title. Tenth time, a record tenth time for Charlotte Flair winning a women's championship, which isn't necessarily a good thing. She's four years into her career and she's already a ten time world champion i mean that's kind of ridiculous i think it took john cena nine or ten years before he was a 10-time wwe champion so charlotte flair technically speaking is on pace to win at least 25 world championships before his career is done unless she's booked terribly in the final decade of her career i mean honestly wwe definitely rushed this push way too fast she's definitely gonna shatter her father's record at this point i mean rick flair was a 16-time champ cena's a 16-time champ and their careers are done well cena will probably be back one more time to win 17 but charlotte is a Full-time employee, she's only 33 years old. She still has an insane amount left in the tank to go another 10 to 15 years if she wants to. So this is the reason why most WWE fans have an issue with Flair. It's not because of her in-ring capability. She's the best women's 
wrestler in women's wrestling today. Her mic skills kind of feel robotic, not her strong suit, but it's more because of the fact that she mimics Rick so much in her catchphrases, her ring attire, and her entrance music. I mean, it's basically his. WWE should really, really try and repackage Charlotte when they get a chance because being Ric Flair's daughter will only get over so much with the fans as she reaches the prime of her career. But with that being said, she's a 10-time world champion and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Poor Bailey. You know, I really feel bad for Bailey, but you know who I really, really feel bad for? That's Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks left WWE for four months. Four months after losing the uh, WWE Tag Team titles with Bailey at WrestleMania to the iconic duo or the Iconics, whatever the hell you want to call them. And it took like... It looked like she wasn't coming back to WWE. There were reports of her crying on the floor backstage in the locker room during WrestleMania and then, like, lashing out at officials and Vince McMahon, which she claimed to be untrue. But she comes back and is booked as the strongest heel in the women's division, comes back, attacks Natalia, uh, sheds her purple wig, and turns out now she has blue hair, dyed her hair blue. But she comes back, books is booked as the strongest heel in the women's division and then immediately puts Becky Lynch over inside Hell in a Cell and arguably her biggest feud as a heel and is shown crying leaving the stage on pay-per-view live on pay-per-view during Hell in a Cell. So WWE really screwed up on that one as well because now Sasha Banks, who's arguably the biggest heel in the women's division, looks weak against Becky Lynch going into the WWE draft next week. It's obvious the plan here is to have Sasha Banks move to SmackDown on Fox while Lynch will probably stay on Raw to defend the women's title, the Raw Women's Championship. But they could have booked the ending a little bit differently. I mean, they could have given Lynch and Sasha the Rollins-wide ending, for crying out loud. Uh, Have Sasha beat the hell out of Becky to make her look like a total badass going into SmackDown on Fox while Lynch retains the title because she can't go anymore. Or just have someone run in and screw Sasha to get the big feud on SmackDown. Because now WWE has made their biggest woman heel look weak as hell. Uh, they've made every, well, they made everybody on that pay-per-view look like crap. I mean, look at AJ Styles, for God's sakes, got knocked out by Strowman and was made look like a fool leaving the arena with the OC. But Sasha Banks, after nearly four months off, is put into the women's storyline in WWE, like the storyline, a feud with the man, Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Championship, and she is made to look weak. It's, it's a damn shame. We'll, we'll see how Fox books her in the next few weeks. Uh, moving on to other matches, though, I just mentioned the six-man tag team match between the OC, Strowman, and the Viking Raiders. This match was one of those last-second fillers I was talking about. I mean, if WWE was selling these pay-per-view tickets for extra money, fans really got screwed over here because this was basically a Raw or SmackDown with two Hell in a Cell matches. No real storylines going into it, and the two that they had, they screwed up Big time. It was honestly the worst booking for a pay-per-view event WWE has ever had, and they've been awful for the past year or so. But WWE, it looks like, is having Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury at WWE Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia in a month. Tyson Fury, of course, professional boxer coming over uh, to WWE with Fox, I presume. Kane Velasquez doing the same thing, coming over to WWE with Fox to face Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. But WWE wanted to make... Braun Strowman looked like an animal. I guess by debuting his KO punch, I guess all big men have to have a KO punch now. We saw Big Show with the weapon of mass destruction for years. Now we're going to see Braun Strowman with a new knockout punch. We saw it against AJ Styles at Hell in a Cell, which makes the U.S. champ look terrible. Not that AJ Styles needs to look great. He's in a mid-card feud with a bunch of people now with Gallows and Anderson as the O.C., 
but he was made to look like an idiot selling the KO punch with basically spaghetti legs like uh, the King Jerry Lawler mentioned walking back to Carilla position. So WWE now has headlined another Saudi Arabia show with part-timing big-name draws that come in once a year. Or in this case, part-timing big-name draws that have never had a professional wrestling match in their lives in Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez. What does WWE have in store for either man after Crown Jewel? I think it seems pretty obvious that Tyson Fury is going to be a one and done with the company, given he's still a pro boxer, a champion at that. Whereas I think Kane Velasquez will probably go on the Brock Lesnar schedule for a while because it's being reported that Kane is actually signed to WWE and not Fox. So he'll probably be booked in big matches for the big pay-per-view events, but The first matchup for him in WWE was obvious. Velasquez versus Lesnar headlined so many UFC pay-per-views back in the day, made Dana White so much money, so why not have them face off in the squared circle so Vince can make a lot of money? Will Cain Velasquez be any good, though? We saw him take down Lesnar with the double-leg takedown on SmackDown last week, but basically showed everybody that he still has a fighting arsenal or repertoire, if I may, rather than a set of wrestling moves. I mean, Lesnar, for the most part, wrestles like a UFC fighter with vicious punches, but does have those two very powerful and, may I say, boring moves in the suplex and the F5. So we'll see what Cain Velasquez does in a fake wrestling match where he has to play pretend instead of actually getting heated with Brock Lesnar. Uh, He beat Lesnar for the UFC heavyweight title nearly a decade ago, and Lesnar right back at him as well. So does Cain Velasquez have the wrestling gene in him, or will he look like utter crap? Because we're going to find that out right off the bat at Crown Jewel, I think, because Brock Lesnar has proven that he cannot make his opponents look good, or he, I guess, doesn't care if he makes his opponents look good. In all those matches with The Undertaker in 2014 and 2015, the Roman Reigns-WrestleMania matches, Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania 32 barely let Ambrose be creative at all. So he literally just shows up to beat the crap out of his opponents, not to mention that he only has two real wrestling moves in the suplex and the F5. So that'll be interesting, but hey, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about more about the main event between Rollins and Wyatt because it resulted in so much backlash from the WWE universe to the point where a lot of people canceled their WWE Network subscriptions. I mean, hashtag uh, cancel WWE Network, I think, was the trend going on right after the, uh, the pay-per-view event. So let's get into a little bit about that, but before we get into that, let's take another quick break here and hear from our handy-dandy sponsor over at TickPick. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your Your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web 
authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. So it was premiere week in WWE. You had the premiere of Raw and Phoenix on Monday. You had the first ever Wednesday night wars between WWE NXT and AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. So that that's going to be fun moving forward. I thought NXT and AEW both tore the house down with their bookings. So expect more great things from Triple H and NXT. I thought SmackDown on Fox was great, though Fox, like I said, was mainly running the show. The Rock was their first ever show, so they had a ton of big part-timers there able to sell the ratings. But WWE really, really, really shot themselves in the foot at the end of this week because Hell in a Cell was arguably, like I said, the worst pay-per-view in WWE history. The win for AEW as a new product was a minor setback for WWE. The largest, at least audible setback, may have come at this pay-per-view last night on October 6th. Hashtag cancel WWE Network. That's the hashtag I was talking about. That's the hashtag that's going on right now. Uh, A lot of network subscriptions, so hashtag cancel WWE Network. Problems with the event, not announcing the full lineup of potential bouts. Like I mentioned, four or five matches that they kind of just threw together at the end. It was basically like a Raw card. It's uh, the Seth Rollins versus The Fiend turned out to be an utter disaster, which was basically the fan's central point of discontent. That's what mainly resulted in all the network subscriptions. Um, I mean, it was so bad. Like I said, fans were chanting AEW, restart the match. This is bullshit. I mean, even Chris Jericho and Matt Jackson, and one half of the Young Bucks, even went to Twitter just using the utter disaster that was WWE Hell in a Cell to promote uh, AEW Dynamite. Just said, tune into Dynamite on Wednesday night. It'll be different. So I, I think the most telling backlash uh, that could be from hashtag cancel WWE Network was indeed the hashtag that trended on social media during the show's aftermath. And this isn't the first time that fans have lashed out and canceled their network subscriptions. I mean, we saw last year during the first Crown Jewel event, there were so many people that uh, quote-unquote pulled out because of all the allegations going around in Saudi Arabia. I mean, obviously the women weren't allowed to go because it's a totally different culture over there. But there were there was a reported death of a reporter last year. That was a big thing, and Vince still wanted to go, still wanted to get the paycheck. John Cena and Daniel Bryan both pulled out of the event at the last second, and that resulted in roughly 37,000 fans ending their subscriptions to the WWE Network. I think right after that show, because of the main event, it was DX versus Undertaker and Kane, the Brothers of Destruction, and an utterly disappointing dream match. I mean, all the guys well over 50, it was just not a good match. And uh, while WWE is in a scurring, so to speak, of its own making at this time, the actual ramifications of this up and down week, week in and week out won't be known until ratings and subscription numbers become available in the coming weeks and months. WWE stock traded marginally lower to 69.69 per share at a time of publication, which is not anything to brag about. Significantly low 
from past years. So this this is this is very 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 not good. This is very bad on Vince McMahon and WWE's part after a tremendous week kind of revamping the show. They brought in Pyro. They went from having absolutely no budget to have Pyro on their shows or any unique stage sets to having nothing but massive Pyro, more Pyro than they've ever had with different stage designs. So AEW has really tried to at least up the game for WWE, but the booking still sucks, man. Like, it's it's not good. So that's the uh, Hell in a Cell recap edition of the OSHA. Remember, presented by Belly Up Sports. Go check out the Belly Up Sports shop at designtree.com or go to bellyupsports.com and click on the shop link to get all the latest shirts. I'm looking at a few of them right now. The Uncle Minshew uh, baseball card t-shirt. That's the Gardner Minshew shirt I was talking about. The Mayfield Beckham 20 campaign t-shirt. The connection there. The return of Khalil Mack in Chicago. You got the Rosen one, Josh Rosen. That's a great shirt on the shop as well. You got a a few other options for Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. I mentioned the effing Savages Yankees Osho t-shirt, only $25 on Design Tree. Free Pete, that's the Pete Rose Hall of Fame t-shirt that you can get in multiple different colors. You can get it in red, you can get it in gray, you can get it in white, you can get it in black, whatever you guys want. There's an Osho podcast t-shirt you can get, the Blackout with Thomas Black, a ton of NASCAR options like I mentioned. I think the most notable uh, new apparel that they got on the shop right now, though, is the Belly Up uh, pink t-shirts with as we have partnered with the Susan G. Coleman Foundation for the month of October to support breast cancer, which is a great cause. You got uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts both available for just $25 on designtree.com, so be sure and pick those up. Again, it is for a great cause. Partnered with the Susan G. Komen Foundation, you got Pink Belly Up Sports t-shirts and sweatshirts with the Susan G. Komen logo on them. It's a great get and for a good cause. So be sure to check out the Belly Up Sports shop. Remember to be bold and stand out. And of course, we'll be, we will be back tonight. Donnie Finkel returns to the show. We're going to recap Game 3 of the ALDS between the New York Yankees and the Minnesota Twins. Luis Severino looking to slay those personal demons. Last time he faced the Twins in the playoffs, did not go well, did not get... He got one out in the first inning in that uh, wild card game in 2017. So looking to uh, change... Uh, or at least turn the script tonight, per se. And hopefully the Yankees come away with a sweep. They have to prove that they can win games on the road because they're going into Houston, presumably. I mean, the Rays are kicking ass right now. It's good to see Zach Granke won't be an issue in Game 3 of the ALCS. But they gotta they got to be ready to go against Verlander and Cole next week in Houston, October 12th. That's Saturday night, Game 1, and then Game 2, October 13th. Again, don't want to rat out the Rays or the Twins just yet, but, you know, It's the Yankees and the Astros. Come on. And uh, remember, the Osho podcast is also presented by TickPick, the number one ticket marketplace based in New York City that allows no hidden fees for your users. Remember to enter the ALCS and NLCS sweepstakes as we're giving away two free tickets. That's two free tickets for anybody who enters for a chance to win. You can enter for a chance to win by checking out the latest edition of the Osho podcast episode uh, ALDS Game 2 Recap, where we uh, give away tickets. I'll tell you right now what it is. Uh, you got to DM us on Twitter and Instagram to subscri- and subscribe to our, our show on Apple Podcasts in order to enter for a chance to win. You got to DM us on Twitter and Instagram your predictions for the ALCS and NLCS, whether it's Yankees, Astros, Yankees, Rays, 
Astros, Twins, Twins, Rays, or if you got Dodgers, Braves, which is looking like it could possibly be that, both up 2-1. to one. It could be Cardinals and the Dodgers. It could be the Nationals and the Cardinals. It could be the Nationals and the Braves. Who knows? But ALCS, NLCS sweepstakes, put those predictions in. DM us on Twitter and Instagram to enter for a chance to win to get two free tickets to either an ALCS or NLCS matchup during this MLB postseason in the next week. So again, the Osho Podcast, episode 95, Hell in a Cell Review. Remember, we will be back tonight for the ALDS Recap Show, Osho Podcast, presented by Belly Up Sports, presented by TickPick, and it always ends with Hootie and the Blowfish. So hit it, Hootie. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your Your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.